0: Welcome to the BIF Podcast, a podcast about borderline intellectual functioning, general di- learning disabilities, and any condition presenting subtle cognitive deficiencies like forgetfulness and absent mindedness. I'm your host, MJ. Very happy to have you back. It's been a uh, difficult last couple of weeks. Um, if you've listened to the show before, you know that I have been, uh, my family and I have been helping care for. Uh, terminally ill, my terminally ill father, who had been gradually getting worse and worse, and you know, I'm, um, pains me to announce that uh, my father passed away last week, uh, over a week ago, last uh, Monday. And um, well, it's the first time that I've ever had a parent pass away, so it's definitely um, uh, it wasn't easy, but uh, but at the same time. He's, you know, we, he had been getting worse and worse. He was, you know, uncomfortable, starting to suffer a little bit. And, um, finally, he's, uh, he's no longer suffering. You know, that's the important thing. He's no longer suffering. He's in a better place. And he's, uh, he's at peace. And, uh, so that's the bittersweetness of it. Um, obviously, um, that, that uh, has closed a, a long struggle that he had and and f- and for the fact that he's you know that's concluded and he's no longer suffering that's what i'm most grateful for and i'm definitely you know for those i don't know if they're listening but i definitely am grateful for all the the friends and family that have um, provided so much support and comfort to me and my family for the last uh, week uh, definitely uh reminds you how valuable your relationships are your family your friends and in these times of needs how how valuable they are and um so um yeah so i wanted to definitely um announce uh, you know obviously m- mention that um well like i said uh i'm back you know it, you know now i'm finally was able to be in a state of mind where I can come back and record another episode Um, had a lot of different thoughts that I you know ideas for today's podcast Um, you know i here and there I've still been interacting with a few people especially this last week and a couple weeks ago before my you know uh, with and with my support groups on Facebook with learning disabilities and I started to speak to some people about the podcast just a couple people and and began to ask some to come on and share their story and I, I'm a little bit surprised that a lot of people are very hesitant to do that um, I, I guess because they're maybe they're not um, familiar with podcasts and you know some have said they don't want to use their names and, I, and then I realized okay that makes sense you know when we're talking about <laughs> learning disabilities a lot of us if we have, B-, b i f or or a mild mild mental deficiency or learning disability, for a lot of us, unless someone knows us um very well, they're not going to know that by looking at us or interacting with us usually. It's very mild. So we don't want to give it away, and we don't want to we don't want to out ourselves in a sense. and, 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 and we want to protect our identity and anonymity. So I completely understand that, and I um. You know, I was basing my, uh, part of my inspiration for this podcast was another podcast. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and plug it. It's it's called The Mental Illness Happy Hour. I used to listen to it a lot uh, many years ago. I, I, I was, um, someone told me about it about almost 10 years ago. about And, and a, a lot of people would come on that podcast and share about their m- mental health struggles. And what they would do, because those are sensitive issues, uh, they would just use, you know, fake names, pseudo, you know, fake names or initials to protect your identity. And so that's what I had in mind for people that I would invite if they didn't want to reveal their identity. Of course, you know, I I, I would completely understand that. So that's what I would suggest that um, if you want to come on the show and share your story, you can, you don't have to give your name. Uh, right now this podcast is completely audio. There's, I haven't done I haven't begun to do videos. I may start doing that in the future, but again, um, if anybody doesn't want to be on on a video, if I ever get to that, obviously I, I don't have to do that. So um, there's different ways to get around those concerns. But anyway, just wanted to um, address that. Okay, like I was saying earlier, I had a few different ideas come to mind the last week for what I was going to talk about but after slowly you know starting to reconnect with people that I haven't spoken to in years you know the very nature of you know what happened this last week the idea for today's podcast came instantly pretty much today so without further ado let's go ahead and get started so I wanted to talk about how it took me so long to understand what I am And accept what I am and I want to talk about why it took so long why I have failed and struggled with relationships and jobs and careers and it's not as simple as you might think okay Um, the reason I want to talk about this is because before I get to this and this is just completely impromptu (laughs) um, over the last mm, ten years and Especially five ten years, I have. Um, if you've listened to the podcast before, you'll know that I briefly talked about my my bio, right? My my life, where I um, I never been diagnosed with a disability, or but I was always um, a little bit, you know, just a tad slow, absent-minded forgetful especially when I was young as a child I was very forgetful very absent-minded always daydreaming and um anyway um but somehow <laughs> and I'm gonna get into this somehow that I was able to kind of grow out of it a little bit but it never my actual cognitive deficiencies never went away what I did is I, I, w- I became good at masking them hiding them and and trying to um compensate for them in in other ways and I was I grew up in a culture where um, education my parents really believed that that was the key to success in life you just had to go to school and and get a degree and 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 you would get a good job and to have security and you would be okay in life and that was what I was that was ingrained in me since I was young Um, and so with a lot of struggle I did end up graduating but I, you know, with a lot of things, with a lot of um, deficiencies or co- d- disabilities that you're born with, they never go away, right? Uh, it's a, it's something that's congenital. It means you're born with it. It never goes away. You can develop strategies to get around them, to compensate for them, to overcome them in certain ways, but they don't go away for the most part. And, you know, some people out there, some parents out there might disagree with me, Um I think when it comes to other, you know, conditions, perhaps in the autism spectrum, there's ways to get around that too, right? You may never um, get rid of the actual autism, but there's ways to get around certain um, characteristics of autism and, you know, and and be able to function in life depending, you know, everything, everyone's different depending on the level of severity of of, of the um, symptoms and whatnot. So anyway... That's that's with me, you know. I was never diagnosed with anything, but I always knew I had some deficiency. And so, uh, I did go to college. It took me a long time. It took me eight years to get through college. Uh, I took different classes and different majors. Uh, ended up in engineering. Got a degree. Was probably engineering when you think about how the level of difficulty it takes to, to 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 be an engineer. Was probably not the best one to to choose the best major, but that's I chose that for reasons that I'm going to discuss. And then uh, of course um, I tried engineering for about almost two years. Didn't didn't uh, like it or didn't feel didn't feel I was good at it. Left by chance, I got a job in um, social work, not in you know not working with abused kids or foster kids or anything like that, but working with People with disabilities so I was a case manager but again I I had this degree people thought oh it was very smart especially I had a degree in engineering and uh, on the surface if you look at the resume uh, I was a smart person right and so I was able to get these jobs early in my my life after graduating from college now I struggled very much with uh that second job that i had with case management um with um stress organization um keeping deadlines um outcomes you know the performance outcomes i was good at talking to people and listening to them and 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 being empathetic that i was very good at and i and i enjoyed that but you know with the nitty-gritty um uh deadlines and, and 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 things like that I wasn't that good and I would get very stressed and to the point where I, I um, you know left that job and then from then on literally from 14 years ago that's you know I've, I've bounced around from different jobs sort of in the social work field or edu- educational field but never anything professional where I got a master's and I had a you know, until recently, the last five years, almost five years, where I've been at the same place, uh, where I've I, I still work with people with disabilities now, but it's not specifically um, developmental disabilities; it's all kinds of disabilities. Um, but uh, the point is that I've I, I've I've um, I've had my struggles. I never got married. never had children. I'm 44 years old. Almost going to be 45 this year. I am going to be 45 this year. And um, you know, when when you go to college, here's the thing: when you go to college and people look at you and you're a engineering major, you went through you went through school with with your uh, peers, you studied with them, you you struggled through it, things and you graduated with them. You know, they have a perception, just like your family might have, other people might have that, oh, okay, you're, man, you graduated from college with an engineering degree. And a lot of people, uh, even though it took me eight years, and I, by the time I graduated college, I was 26. Okay, but it didn't matter. Uh, people were just like, "Man, uh, you are uh, you you made it, right? You, you you're gonna you're gonna do well. You're gonna make a good living. Uh, no one has to worry about you," kind of thing, right? And um, uh, I I <laughs> um that was the perception but the reality was that i was still very much a little bit slow i just let i lived my whole life trying to hide the fact that i was slow and i tried to compensate for it right and i tried to do whatever i could to to succeed and then when i finally it was obvious that i couldn't i was too stressed and too it was too difficult i would um uh burn out and i would quit suddenly without having another job to go to and i would have struggled and scrapped to get another job scramble around to get another job It'd take me months I, you know sometimes i'd get in debt sometimes i had to move back with my parents and that happened multiple times in the last 15 years 15 or 16 years so as time went by a lot of my peers you know they didn't go through this they most of them stayed in the jobs they ended up you know they had partners. They ended up getting married. They ended up having kids. They ended up moving up in their jobs. They ended up getting homes, you know, just like most people do. And and as time went on, m- m- you know, I saw more and more of my peers doing this. I'd be on Facebook. I would see them. You know, you'd see them, you know, with um, their partners. and were getting married. They'd see their kid. You see their homes. You see. And, you know, I don't care who you are and how good of a person you are. If believe me, and I'm not a, usually a, 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 a an envious person, because I when I was younger I felt like I would you know, I would do the same thing. I would eventually do the same thing, get married and blah blah blah, and you know have a home and have family and a dog and everything. Well, after a while, year, many years go by, and then you have it hasn't happened for you, but you're, it's happening for your friends, and it's still not happening for you. More years go by, more years go by. And I don't care who you are. you're gonna start to feel left out. You're gonna start to feel like you're leaving you're getting left behind. You're gonna start to feel like something's wrong with you. Um, why isn't this why isn't this happening for me? I'm trying my best. I'm getting going to work every day. I'm doing the best that I can. Uh, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying and for whatever reason it's not working out for me. I'm not doing well in my job. I'm not doing well in my relationships. I cannot even you know, I, I as time went on, it became more clear how much of a gap there was between myself and the people that I went to school with. And that was really difficult to take. Really difficult, you know, because you think, okay, I I graduated from college, man, I, I made it. I'm I I, I I accomplished something so difficult. I should be, man, everything else should be easy from this point forward. And it wasn't. It was the exact opposite. Graduating from college, as as difficult as it was, it was much easier than the rest of life. As a person that's slightly deficient cognitive-wise, everything in life is much harder. Everything. Because everything requires mental effort when you're an adult, right? You have to handle so many responsibilities. And as an adult, you know, once you take on a family, you have children, you have jobs with increasing responsibilities, and you have family responsibilities with your extended family, you need to have a sharp mind to be able to handle these things without getting, without, you know, um, burning out. Because if your mind isn't sharp, you will get burned out. And that's exactly uh, what I experienced. I couldn't handle all these responsibilities. I couldn't keep up with my peers. And the fact that I, you know, grew up with these guys, with these people um, that were in college, that were engineering majors, a lot of them, made it worse because these were like the smarter, a lot of the smarter people, you know, that, that were engineers. They were very smart to be in college. So I was putting myself around. I was growing up around people that were uh, a lot. Just, just just face it. A lot more uh, had much sharper minds. Okay. So of course I would compare myself to them, and it, it became very very difficult to accept that um, that I, I things like that weren't happening for me in life. I wasn't accomplishing the things that I. I everyone else was accomplishing. I wasn't getting married i wasn't having a family i wasn't keeping a job i wasn't buying a house none of that not even to this day you know but um uh it didn't have to be this way even with the fact that i have bif even with the fact that i'm a little slow it didn't have to be this way i didn't have to get to 44 and be in this position but i know why I'm here. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Um, Now, it all starts with um, not only the way that I was born, but also how I was raised. Like I mentioned, I was raised with uh, this culture that you, you were expected to go to college. It wasn't even a question, right? But at the same time, my family, God bless them. They did the best they could. They didn't have money for me to go to college. So I had to get a Scholarship or grants or loans, which I ended up mostly doing loans. But anyways, um, that's part of it. But another part, and I, I don't want to sound um, bitter or like I'm pointing the finger. I'm only going to bring this up because it does play a factor, right? But I was raised with one of my parents having an extreme personality disorder of anger, irritability, dominance, and narcissism. So you know, as I mentioned, when I was a child, I was I was absent-minded and forgetful, and so I would lose a lot of things. Uh, I would forget things like like a jacket or a sweater or a wh- what have you, a backpack, if I went to if, whether it was at a school or a store or, or uh, anywhere. And of course, one of my parents who was very very um, angry, and they would overreact to these things and. And have fits of rage, and you know they would engage in the worst fits of rage that included yelling at the top of their lungs, uh, spanking, shoving, and demeaning and humiliating uh, insults, right? And and this would be like a, a, a full full rage, you know, not just. And so and this happened fairly often. I mean, it didn't happen all the time, but I did lose things pretty often, and of course, every time that I did, I felt terrible, but I, I was always, always, like, so at a loss of, uh, at how this would keep happening. I, I was so, um, I couldn't figure out why I couldn't stop it, until, obviously, these, these, these um, punishments, and yelling, and fits of rage would get so bad, that after a while, I, I somehow I was I started to get better as I got a little bit older, in my preteens. Okay, but you know there's there's no other way to say it. I, I did experience a lot of verbal and emotional abuse. I mean, there, you can say physical. Was, uh, not really. I was spanked like a lot of other kids, uh, in my generation. But it was the the verbal, the emotional, the 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 rage, the 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 real feeling of disapproval and and lack of acceptance. And I learned that, man, this absent-mindedness, this was such a horrible quality that, that it, it was ingrained in me that I had to get rid of it. I had to eliminate it or, or hide it. It was such a terrible thing. That's, that's, that's the message I got. And so, um, you know, growing up, that's what I always had in the back of my mind. Like, uh, man, this is such a shameful thing. It's a shameful secret. It's something that I don't even want to think that I have. And I'm going to, uh, I always, I even thought that I would, I would even deny that I was it even existed. Okay. So, but again, this parent wasn't completely bad. And, and I don't, like I said, I don't mean to point the finger. It happened. But I think this parent didn't mean to be abusive. It was just their personality or disorder. That made him abusive, you know, so when you have this combination of a person that doesn't have empathy, doesn't know how to put themselves in your position and doesn't have that emotional awareness or intelligence to know that this person is not doing this on purpose. This this child is not doing this on purpose. They're trying, maybe there's something wrong with them. Maybe we need to get them help instead of abusing them, (laughs) you know, this kind of thing, uh, and then you combine it with the, the expectations of going to college, it really shaped my mindset moving forward and the decisions that I would make that would affect the rest of my life. You know, so like I said, uh, my, the parent wasn't completely bad. They wanted me to be a smart and productive person, they emphasized the importance of education. Both parents did. Uh, at first I didn't do well in school, like my first couple of years from kindergarten till second grade. But, but in the third grade, I had a turning point. I had a teacher that was more, um, demanding more, but not, not in a bad way. Just, you know, didn't let me get away with being sloppy, with turning things, thing, turning things in late, turning in things that were messy or sloppy. She really ingrained on me. Like, you know, at least you don't have to be the smartest kid, but at least turning your stuff on time. Don't, you know be be neat, be organized, those kind of things, simple things that 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 are very useful to learn and for your rest of your life. And that's what I learned in the third grade. And eventually I was able, you know my my parent what you know also got me a lot of books and and educational toys when I was younger. and these books, right around the fourth grade is when I started reading books, you know, larger books. and which for me is someone that likes to daydream. Books were right up my alley. You know, I, I liked getting lost in the in the world that I was of, of of whatever story that I was reading. And reading these books was was a was enjoyable for me. And at the same time, it helped me increase my vocabulary and my reading skills, my spelling, uh, commun- you know, all that. My my writing skills it 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 did wonders for that. So it obviously it helped me do well in school. And I, I was decent at math. I wasn't a genius, but I was decent at math. So, so I, I started to do well in school from the fourth grade on really. And, um, you know, it was also ingrained in me by both my parents, but, uh, but, um, that, uh, one of them took me to a, um, they would take me to, uh, universities. Like we live in Southern California where we grew up in Southern California. So he would, you know, one of my parents would take me to UCLA USC. Uh, I you know we'd go to the campus. We'd go to the, the 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 student union. We'd find arcades. We'd go to the cafeteria. We'd walk around the campus. The campus. If you've ever been to any university campus, they're beautiful, right? There's there's just, just, there's buildings. There's nice buildings. There's there's arcades in, in the student union. There's there's libraries. There's um, there's uh, baseball fields and track and field right there's all kinds of stuff and as a kid you're like wow you know if I I can go and they, my my parent would tell me if you get really good grades you can go here for free you know they would give you money to go here and you could study here you can go to this library here and study and you can study whatever you want and I was like man that's what I want to do I want to go to college I want to I want to go to school here when I'm older and that motivated me as well. Um, when, once I was, you know, like a preteen or whatever. So, um, but, um, you know, in spite of all that, my real talent when I was a kid was art. Ever since I can remember going back to like kindergarten, I, that was what I was good at. I was good at drawing. I could draw, I could, you, know, you show me any picture, any, any, any book, and I could reproduce that, uh, an image, just by drawing it, I didn't have to trace it. I could just look at it and draw it. And sometimes I could draw things when I got really good at certain things. I, I could draw them from memory. You know, uh, my one of my parents would take me to the airport. And I would, I would be fascinated by the airport. And I would draw the terminals and the airplanes, of course. And the whole airport, you know, I would like to draw. I, I love to draw buildings. I like to draw uh, even nature, uh, animals. So, you know, but I... I really got into buildings. I mean, I would even draw particular buildings in, in uh, Los Angeles, you know, certain, uh, the skyline. I, I had it memorized. I knew which buildings, what, what the name of their buildings or what they looked like and what the shape of the buildings were, uh, y- you know. So I was really into art. That was my, my, um, my, ta- my, my best ability, I think. And then later on, when I was older, I was actually, I got into a little bit of creative writing so my my skills are always in the arts not so much in the uh rigid logical analytical you know side of things i was more in the artistic creative subjective things you know but regardless um this talent was overshadowed by the need to prove myself in academics and i you know, I took an art class in the eighth grade, but then in high school, I took drafting because I figured I wanted to be an architect. And by this time, I wasn't as forgetful, forgetful as I used to be, but I was still a bit of a social outcast, awkward, and a loner. And I was trying to find, very hard to find social groups to hang out with. And and eventually, my brother, I joined some groups. Um, but once I finally got some friends, I remember always thinking how um, I was trying to always fit in, you know. But it, one day in the 10th grade, I, I spoke to a, a counselor. This is, this is really what set off my life <laughs> path. I spoke to this counselor. I think it was, I believe it was a 10th grade. I had already started taking drafting. And I went to, keep in mind, well, I, was, I went to a high school, not the most affluent uh, at all area of, of the suburbs. It was not an affluent area. So most of the students didn't do well in school majority of them, now looking back, majority of them were not going to go to college. So I was one of the few that actually wanted to go to college and got decent grades. I mean, I didn't get straight A's, but I got B's and mostly B's and A's. Um, And so I went to talk to this counselor, like we all had to, and they helped us pick our classes and figure out what we wanted to do after high school. And so this counselor, I told them I wanted to be an architect because I like drawing. This is what I want to do. And the counselor told me he discouraged me from doing that. He said that this the the architectural interest industry was too flooded. It would be too hard to get a job in it. Uh, instead, that I should I should do engineering. Engineering was similar, he said. From what I, I'm trying to remember, uh, but I remember him saying specifically that ar- architecture was too flooded. It would be hard to get a job, and that engineering. Um, was sort of the s- similar, I guess, and that it wasn't as flooded and that it paid very well. And because I didn't know any better, first of all, I'm in the tenth grade. Second of all, I'm you know i'm I was more naive than anything because I was slightly cognitive deficient, right? so I just I just you know when when an adult figure tells you that, you just I guess you just listen, you don't know any better. So from then on, when I ended up applying for colleges, I put down that I wanted my major was going to be civil engineering. I didn't know what it was. I thought it was architecture. I thought it was similar to architecture. Boy, did I find out later that it was not. Uh, I mean, not at all like architecture. Very, very different than architecture. But I didn't know that. So that's what I would do. I would tell everybody I want to be an engineer, a civil engineer. I never said those words until I spoke to that counselor. This counselor didn't know anything about me. He he didn't know about my background. All he knew was what he saw in the report cards and what I told him that day. And in paper, he thought I was a very smart kid. And, you know, I don't think the counselor thought he was, he, he probably had the best intentions based on what they knew. But it was a, it was a disaster, it was a disastrous um, piece of advice um, as it turned out, because that's what I ended up pursuing um, uh, And so, of course, I thought, you know, I, 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 I just thought, okay, I'm gonna study this, I'm gonna get a good job, uh, family a house, and live happily ever after, right? And the thing is that the reason I bring this up is because a lot of people would have gone through this. A lot of other people would have had a, a counselor tell them to do something and they would have figured out soon or they would have maybe known like, no, I don't want to do this or I don't want to do that. Or, or maybe they would have started it but, but known had enough sense to know really quickly, okay, this is not for me and change. I didn't do that. You know, I, I started to go to school, and my parents, were, you know, like you got to go to school. The first two years, I took mostly general ed classes, and then I started taking the prereqs for engineering. And I thought, okay, I got to get through. And I just never thought, like, oh, I, I'm I'm supposed. I never I, it never occurred to me that I should give up or quit trying. I, I always had this um this um philosophy that you can accomplish anything as long as you put your mind to it. Anyone could do anything. Right, that was what we're all taught, really. And so, I never had the sense to be like, "Well, I don't think I'm good at this. I don't think I enjoy this. I don't want to do this." When I started to realize that, it was late. But let me—I'm going to get back to that. I'm going to pin a pin on that. Some of the things about becoming an adult, you know, include gaining self-confidence and competency, and making decisions and being responsible for our lives. And gaining competency and life skills, and a vocation or career, uh, which allows us to be more, you know, independent and responsible and self-confident. So this this whole process of being being able to have confidence, to become more independent, to make decisions for our lives, and, and understand what we want and what we should do. You know, this is a process that we all go through, and it's part of becoming an adult. And for me, this process, um, I I I got stuck. I didn't I didn't go through it fast enough. <coughs> Excuse me. So I I was uh, you know part of it is because of my BIF, my subtle cognitive deficiencies. I, I was a little bit delayed in this process. I was still a bit of a child. I listened too much to adults. I didn't I didn't evaluate the sit- my, myself in the situation uh, effectively enough and make it and make the right decisions effectively enough. I was still a little kid in a big adults world trying to please adults, trying to show my parents and and people around me like, "Yeah, I'm smart. I'm just like everybody else. I want to fit in." Right? And so I stayed in in the, in the program too long to the point where it was just I had spent so much time and money that I had to just graduate, right so um, so that's what I did. So I know for me though, um, I'm getting off track here, <laughs> but so anyways, I'm gonna go back to that. So I obviously, I enrolled in a state university. Like I said, I, I, I went through the program. And then um, eventually, I saw I was getting stressed and overwhelmed more easily than my peers. I would often drop a class every semester. Once I got into the the upper division, I was I, it, I couldn't I couldn't get through a full load of all upper division classes. So I I would end up a lot of times dropping one of those classes and then retaking that class. But because I'm retaking a class that I should have finished the semester prior, I'm not advancing through the program as quickly as others. And that's part of the reason why it took me a long time. Plus, right in the middle of my college career, I did take classes in business and some in history because I was thinking of being a teacher. But, you know, another thing came up is that uh, all the papers that I had to write, I, I I was good at reading. I wasn't good at formulating thoughts, and 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 I was good at I, I could do it, but it would take me a lot longer than other people. So it would take me so much longer to write these essays. I would I would be struggling to get them turned in on time because I was rushed. I, they weren't as good as I wanted them to be. And I thought, wow, you know, I would spend so much time alone working on these essays. Some people were good at you know um, uh, what do you call that? Where you, uh, cram and they can come up with essays like in one night. I couldn't do that. I mean, if I did, it would be terrible. I couldn't, I, it was hard for me to do that. Sometimes I did on certain things, but you know, I, I hated that. I hated being stuck by myself working on stuff. It just felt so agonizingly. it felt like torture. So eventually I said, no, I'm just you know, I'm, I'm just going to go back to engineering, even though I don't want to be an engineer. I'm going to go back there because at least I can study with people. We go through problems together as a group. Uh, I, I found some engineering groups where we would study together. And I said that was my only chance to get through school is to go back to engineering because I could study with other people. And that would that would um, energize me and motivate me. As long as I was studying with other people, it motivated motivate me to keep on track and try to look at the material and contribute and, 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 and work problems together. And I wouldn't feel so alone. That was the, that was the reason. That was the reason I stayed with engineer, went back to engineering. I did that and I barely got through my classes. Most, mostly C's, right? Um, but I got, I got through it somehow. Uh, I had a lot of help and, you know, some of the senior design projects. I was just smart enough to figure out how to do the, the classes and the labs and all that stuff. And I, and I got through it, but even the day of my graduation, leading up to my graduation, I became super depressed because I knew in my heart, like, dude, I'm not not an engineer. I'm I'm not even good at that. I don't even like this. But I had I had already had made up my mind. I needed to get my degree and get out of the school and start making money because I was racking up loans. So uh, I, I I remember very distinctly the day I was just trying to pretend that I was happy and you know. But inside I was like I was so crushed because I'm like what have I done? I'm getting this degree and people are expecting me to be this person and I'm not this person at all. And yet I had to take an engineering job because I had to pay, I, I had some credit card bills. You know, I, 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 I had to start paying bills. And um, I did that and I, and I got through it a little bit. Um, and I struggled. I left abruptly after some, some, I was criticized for something after like not even two years. I struggled to keep a job. Uh, after that, you know, I, I went into social work, like I mentioned earlier. But basically since then, and, and that next job, I was there for three and a half years where I was in social work, working with people with disabilities. And again, I got burned out. That one, I got burned out. I, I wasn't, my evaluations weren't that well. Like I said, I wasn't good with uh, deadlines. I was good with the actual social work part, but not the, 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 the nuts and, you know, bolts and the, 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 the getting things turned in on time. I struggle with that all my life. Um, so the point is that I placed myself in a path that set me up for failure, because I didn't have the courage, the wherewithal, the mental awareness, or the confidence that I could find a different path apart from what I had been told by my parents and others, or you know, other adults that I could succeed. I didn't know what self-actualization really meant and i'm going to talk about that probably in another podcast more more in detail but you know i'll never forget a couple things i read around now just before i get to that self-actualization has to do with um one of maslow's uh hierarchy of human needs where the need you know the need to belong the need to fit in the need to uh the highest need, once you've accomplished, you know, you have a home and food and shelter and you have friends and family and love and support and you fit in somewhere and you have a community, the highest need that not all, all of us can accomplish is, is self-actualization, you know, actually reaching your potential, right? I didn't know how to get to that. I thought I was just supposed to, I was told to do something and I had to do it and and I, and I and, and, and as long as I put effort, I, I could accomplish it, you right? But I'll never, I'll never forget a couple of things that I read around when I was 29 or 30 years old that it, that really impacted my idea of how I should view myself and what I should pursue in life. The first was a line from the book *The Art of War* by Sun Tzu. Okay, it's a book about war, and it's like the book is almost as old as the Bi- I mean, it's probably older than the Bible. It's like like many like thousands, I don't know how many, hundreds of years old. Okay, uh, but but it has some, I mean, age-old wisdom in it, and it, even though it talks about war, it, you know, you can relate it to life. A lot of people do. They use that book and they use the philosophy there to to help them be good business in business because it it's it's really about being ruthless and being calculated and being smart, you know. But there's a line in one of the chapters, at the end of one of the chapters, and it says the following, and I'm paraphrasing it slightly. It says, if you know neither the enemy nor yourself, you will lose every battle. If you know yourself but not the enemy, for every victory gained, you will also suffer a defeat. But if you know yourself and the enemy, you will never suffer defeat. Okay? Now, interesting, is think about that. That line was the summary of a whole chapter where where the author was talking about how you should you should only attack the enemy as much as possible when you know you have the advantage. You don't you, you don't just attack to attack. You want to know when you're at an advantage, when your army is fresh and the other army is not, when your army is prepared and the other army is not, when your army is bigger in numbers, you know so on and so forth when you know you have the advantage that's when you attack and the way you could apply that to life is and if you if you notice where i'm going with this it's a whole lot different than the whole philosophy is like you can accomplish anything as long as you put your mind into it you can uh, you can do anything you want as long as you work hard uh, you know, that's what we're fed, not just by our parents sometimes, but by the world, right? The world would say this pop, you know, a lot of things in movies and counselors and adults and motivational speakers. And I, I agree with some of that. Like, for example, yes, anything in life that that's worth accomplishing is going to take hard work. Absolutely. And anything in life, in order to be a successful adult, you're going to have to you're going to have to have good work ethic. You're going to have to have discipline. You're going to have to have, um, you know, discipline to be able to get up every morning or or be able to make it to work on time, you know, to be responsible, to be reliable. Those things, of course, I 100% agree. You know, if I had children, that's what I would focus on teaching them, among many things. But, the, you know, one of the basic things in life to be... Uh, to be able to not be homeless, I guess, is to have discipline, right? To, you know, if you need to be somewhere, especially for a job or an appointment to get there on time or early, right? Um, that's half the battle, getting up in the morning on time and blah, 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 getting to work. That's half the battle. The rest is you just got to, you know, do whatever else you got to do. So and I think anything that you want to do in life, it, it's going to take hard work to do it well and to be successful. I agree with that. But, here's what I don't agree with. That you anyone can do anything as long as you put your mind into it, as long as you work hard enough, and that's completely false. Not everyone can do anything. Everything. Not everyone is cut out to be a doctor. Not everyone is cut out to be uh, a rocket scientist or a uh, astronaut or, or a lawyer or, uh, not everyone is cut out for that. I'm sorry to break it to you or to break it to people. Not everyone is cut out to be, uh, a great singer like, uh, Beyonce or Michael Jackson or what have you, right? Not everyone has that ability, that talent, that voice. Not everyone has, uh, what it takes to be, you know, certain things, and you know what? That's okay. The reason that's okay is because not everyone's the same. Everybody is different. Everybody is unique. There's over seven billion people on this planet. Not everyone's the same. Not everyone has the same abilities and talents and weaknesses. But everybody has a strength, has a talent, or has an ability, right? Unless you're severely disabled where you you know, whatever, but 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 basically everyone has certain strengths and abilities. And it's not that you can do anything. It's that you should figure out what you're good at, what, you're, what comes natural to you, what's, what your talent is, what your, what your abilities are. And you should figure out what your weaknesses are. And that's the essence of this quote from Sun Shu that when you go to war or you go to battle, and you have your army, and the other army is is you know you're you're gonna go up against another army, and he says it's not enough. You have to know the condition of your army. How, what is the condition of your army? You know, is it is it famished? Is it tired? Is it ready? Is it armed properly? Is it is it ready to fight? Is it is it the morale? How's the morale? Are they strong? Are they rested? You know, whatever. If you don't know these things, you, you you're you're gonna set yourself up for failure. So not only do you need to know the condition of your army, how 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 um able is it to fight, but you gotta know the other army as well. How are they? Are they in position to fight? Are they prepared to fight? Are they ready to fight you? Are they armed? What kind of weapons do they have? What kind of weapons do you have? What kind of intelligence do they have? What kind of, in, or, you know, information do they have? What, do, what kind of information do you have from them? So the point is, you need to know these things before you go into battle. And the stakes are super high. In war, if you make a miscalculation, it could be death. It could be, it's not just a matter of, oh, I made a mistake. I'll just live. To f-. No, it's you, 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 you win or you die. Right. Or it could be captured, being captured, your, your, your army being captured, your 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 country losing the war, whatever. Like the stakes are absolute. They're, 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 the stakes couldn't be higher. They're super high, they're super important. Right. And you know what? In life, it's it's almost the same. If you don't know your strengths and weaknesses, and you want to pursue a job in a certain field. And you think, oh yeah, I can do anything I want. No. What if you don't have that ability? What if you don't have those, that talent? You're going to fail. You can, you can put all the effort you want. But if you just don't have that ability or that demeanor or that temperament or whatever, you're going to fail. Eventually, you're going to get burned out. You're going to hate the job. You're going to leave it. In, in other words, it's not going to work out. But at least, you know, you may not die. You're not going to die. But you're going to waste a lot of time and energy. And one thing I learned with my dad passing away, and I don't even need to learn it from that. I mean, what's more valuable in life than money? It's time. Our time. Once we, once we spend our time, you can't get it back. Those of us that are older, we know that very well. We cannot go back to when we were younger. That time is lost forever. So time is so valuable. And when you waste time, never mind when you waste money on going to college or or pursuing the wrong degree or or, or you waste money on certain things, that's, that's wasteful. But when you waste time, oh my gosh, it's like, it's, it's I don't even know how to describe it it's it's so demoralizing to waste time to waste the early the best years of your life doing something that you weren't you shouldn't have done so the the stakes are very high and it's it's so important I wish I that, I wish that's what I would have been taught I wish I I wish I wasn't taught to hate the fact that I'm a little absent minded I wish I was taught to really celebrate what I'm good at and what I'm good at was creative stuff, artist artistic stuff, right? Um, I wish I was, I would have been encouraged to be like, you know what? Figure out what you like to do, what you're good at, and focus on that. And you're if you do that, you're going to be successful. But no, I wasn't taught that. I was taught you got to choose this because this is what's going to make the most money. And this is what it's, there's there's more opportunities here. There's not, it's not flooded. I didn't. No one said, you know, well, what are you like? What are you good at? No one, no one said that. I had to figure that out by my on my own. So, you know, I I I saw this book when I was around thirty years old. I was just passing through Barnes and Nobles, and I and I, I didn't even buy it at first. I I looked at this book. I ended up buying it. I still have it to this day. And that was, that was when I really it hit home what I I kind of knew, but it just it just expressed it so, so clearly and concisely and so powerfully, right? You could also apply this to relationships. Like I mentioned before, I was, not only did I waste time pursuing the wrong field of study, but I was around a lot of people that were, let's just to 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 put it plainly, were smarter than I was, right? They were more, they were had sharper minds and that's fine. And so, of course, if if i'm if you go to a park and you want to play basketball, let's say, now, I don't know about you, but when 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 I was younger and I would go to a park and I wanted to play ball, usually there would be at least two courts, and one of the courts would have, you know the really good players. they would just start games, and you can tell, man, they were really good at playing. Maybe they played in their high school or college, and they would just play pickup games. And if you weren't as good as they were, you would be you would be foolish to try to go in there and play with them. You would get embarrassed. You would get you would be outmatched. It's such a simple thing, right? Of course, you wouldn't go in there. you you would get embarrassed. You would instead go to a different court where there's players that are at your level. and then you could be competitive, right? You would try to figure out, okay, how good am I? how you 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 would size up the competition. And see, okay, I can see those players playing over there. I can see how they're shooting and how they're moving and how they're dribbling. Okay, they they, they look like they're about my level, right? That's where I should go play. At least I'm not going to get embarrassed. It's going to be competitive, more or less. But we don't, we don't think of things that way so much in life when it comes to our life pursuits, our relationships, our friends. But what, what I ended up doing by going to college in a way maybe not so severely as the, the the basketball analogy but in a way yes i went into the a court right with all the a players the, the players that were like uh could have played almost they, they played in their college they played they did this all the time they were very good at it. they were they were gifted physically perhaps they were taller they were faster they were good at what they did and i was i was around competition that was that was Beyond my ability to compete, I was outmatched. Right, so I was destined to always be um, left behind when I would, because I'd, I'd be around people that were much, much more capable with me in certain pl- in certain areas, right, of life. And so, no matter how much, how hard I try, no matter what I did, I was never gonna be competitive with them. Just like if no matter how much I tried, if I went to the wrong basketball court, right? With the players that are taller than me, better than me, faster than me. No matter how much I tried, I was, I was, I'm never going to, I'm never going to be competitive. I'm never going to be at their level. That's the point. It's not about how hard you try. It's about knowing your abilities and choosing the right court to play in right the right arena to play in the right people to play with that's what it's about and until i until i i had to i had to, because my, my whole life i've been trying to hide the fact that i'm a little slow at least two other people i know it in my heart that i'm a little slow a lot of people don't believe it when i tell them that i, well, I don't tell everybody but with the few people that i do they, they don't want to believe it or they don't want to admit it to to, they don't want to say that they they accept that to my face and they they try to talk me out of it but it's true i am a little slow and you know what it's okay it's okay if i'm not the best basketball player So, so what okay i'm good at something else right it's okay if i'm not the best at math or the best at i don't know organizing things or if I'm not the best at... Uh, man, whatever. The reason it's okay because I am good at some things. I am good at other things. And as long as um, I figure out what that what I'm good at, it's okay. I should pursue those things. So, um, with... With, with regards to friendships in life, if if I knew from when I was younger that I had B I F, that I was borderline intellectually functioning, that I had a small learning disability or a or a cognitive deficiency, and I was allowed to accept that, I was allowed to be okay with that. I know that that's going to still bring difficulties in life, okay, but at least if I knew if I knew it wasn't a shameful thing as as shameful as it as I was hot that it was if I knew that there's other people like me if I pursued the right career if I went and made friends with the right people and surrounded myself with the right people a mix of people right not I, I wouldn't feel so outmatched I wouldn't feel so insecure I wouldn't feel so envious and so bitter sometimes and I, I, depressed I'd be okay because I'd say you know what I wouldn't be comparing myself to people that I couldn't compete with. Of course, that would make me feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. You know, if I went to the basketball court and and I try to play with these guys that are taller and bigger and stronger and better, I would just feel t- I would feel terrible about myself. I would feel crappy about myself. But it's so insane to do that because, Hello, I'm not a basketball player. I'm, I'm, I mean, I can play, but I wasn't as good as them, and that's okay. So, you know what? I said, if you listen to my um, my episode from last week, I, I mentioned, this was before my dad passed, and I, I was thinking about, man, I really wanted to have, or not, I really thought about maybe having children, or at least one child, even if I had to adopt one, because I was afraid that if whenever I got old and sick, who would be there for me? And you know the thing is, um, well, that's going to happen to all of us. And we can't base, we can't make that the reason why we have children. Because it's a selfish reason. And if it comes down to it that I don't have children and I do get old and sick, I'm sure things will be fine. I'm sure I'll figure out I'll make plans. I'll make things easy. And I'm sure I'm going to have some family and friends. But I shouldn't be selfish and be like, I want to have a child because I want someone to take care of me. You know, first of all, you don't know if that child's going to do that. And second of all, having a ch- bringing a child into this world is, is such a huge responsibility. And I know myself. I don't think I can handle it. I don't know if I would be the best father. So I don't, you know, now I'm, I realized. you know what? It's okay. Not everyone's meant to be a parent. Not everyone's meant to be married. Not everyone's meant to whatever, have a have a home or be whatever. Everybody has their own path in this life. Not everybody has to be the same. It's okay not to be like everyone else. It's okay if I don't have children. If I have some, great. One or two, if I adopt, it doesn't matter. What matters is, figuring out what I'm good at and making sure I, I, I I pursue the things that I know I'm good at. And if I do end up having a child one day, I do it because I know I can take good care of that child and raise a child, not because I want to do it for me for a selfish reason. Okay. So that's, that's what I wanted to talk about today. There's another thing I was going to bring up, another, um, Another, but it's, we're getting to about an hour. There's another couple of um, publications I, I was going to talk about that had to do with the same philosophy, but I'll leave that for another day. Um, I, I also want to talk about Maslow's Hierarchy of Human Needs. I want to talk about this article that talks about uh, the, the the parents, parents who have a child with disability and, and that whole, um, what they go through. And it's very similar to what I went through when I realized, oh, wait a minute. I do have a disability. It's very subtle, but I that's where things started to get better when I realized, okay, I have to accept my limitations, right? so i'm gonna I'm gonna talk about this in another day, but but yeah, I'm, I, you can tell I'm getting pretty worked up. Um, but this is this is really the basis of why I started this this podcast uh, because this is part of my path of accepting my my deficiency, it's not really a disability. I can't call it a disability because I haven't been diagnosed with a disability, but it is a, a it is a, a deficiency, right? I do have BIF. I do have I I've never been diagnosed, but I do have a deficiency, a cognitive deficiency. And I was born with it. It's not my fault. But I can I can still do things with my life. They may not be the things that I originally wanted to do. They may not be the things that other people think I wanted or should think I should do. But as long as they're the things that I want to do and that I'm good at and I can make a living and be a responsible person, that's all that matters. The point is, it's being, is accepting myself, having self-acceptance, knowing myself, and then knowing once I do that, it's a lot easier to connect, connect with the right people that also have similar qualities like me, and I can connect with them on a deeper level. I can have a, a much, a much more genuine um, bond with other, those people, a connection, a much more genuine connection with them, and and perhaps, you know, uh, a partnership. I can find a partner who, who who really will understand me and vice versa. So. This is, this is the basis of why I started this podcast and why I started going in this direction with my life. Like I, I'm still obviously working full time and I live on my own and it's hard. Uh, the job that I have is stressful, but I'm trying to make decisions to, you know, I might get a different job that'll not be as mentally stressful and I'm going to continue um, in this path with the podcast and, 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 and reaching out to support groups and and, and and just being more aware of who I am and, and accepting myself and not being, uh, compare myself to people that I shouldn't compare myself to because that's only going to bring uh, envy and, and depression and all that stuff, but instead being happy for them, you know, being happy for them saying, you know, that's great for you. For me, I have a different path in life and that's okay. That's totally okay. All right, with that, I'm going to leave you with with that. Thank you so much for listening. Um, don't be afraid to put a review on Apple pod Apple iTunes. I think it's Apple iTunes. If you are listening on iTunes or wherever you're listening from, feel free to uh, email or send, or go to the website on Anchor. Uh, this this podcast has a has an automatic website on Anchor. Feel free to to leave your feedback there. Uh, again, if it's anybody listening that wants to share their story, by all means, is, you can also reach me through, uh, all that's in the show notes. That you can email me, uh, but I'm definitely, uh, I definitely think that's going to make a huge impact is having other people come on. So with that, I hope that uh, you got a lot out of today. I hope that you have a great uh, week, um, that you take care of yourselves, that you are kind to yourselves. And that you are good to other people and just um, that you take care of yourselves. Um, With that, um, thank you again. Take care and we'll see you the next time. Bye-bye.